What's up? Happy Thursday. Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. It is March 31st. March Madness is just about done. The playoffs are almost here for the NBA. Got draft talk, which we got to put on hold because today we got to talk all about the crazy end of the season as teams are trying to get their way into the playoffs. Ronan, how you doing, man? You're, you're rocking your New York Knicks jersey here. And I don't know if it's because you're feeling good after that Bulls win or if you're feeling good about maybe uh, taking some tank wins here, but uh, it's the first time I've seen you in New York Knicks jersey. What's uh, what's the vibe today? What's the vibe check? Oh, no, I think I think RJ deserves deserves to be deserves to be represented. You yes. know, that's that's the only reason I got it on. I'm loving I'm liking what I've seen out of out of RJ Barrett of late and for the for most of the season. I think that's been a, a bit of bright bright spark for us. So I'm happy happy to rep RJ. Not not so happy to be repping the Knicks though. <laughs> Are you finally, uh, you got something to be excited about near the end. Um, we unfortunately won't get to draft talk today. We have an awesome episode coming up soon um, where maybe we could talk about some teams like the Knicks um, and your favorite teams who won't be looking at the playoffs because there are some exciting prospects. March Madness has been really interesting. This uh, stock of young players definitely could be a very, very good one. But today, let, let's start. Where do we want to start, Ronan? Because both sides both coasts here east and west have really interesting playoff races for different reasons uh where are we starting here oh man it's 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 kind of a crazy situation i think the west is is one of the more interesting ones i just think the grizzlies are just you're, you're grizzlies you, you've been the guy yes, these grizzlies from day one and uh we're all we're all just we're all just clamoring on now to, to, to the talent that this team possesses but Again, they're they're locked in. They're the number two seed in the in the Western Conference, and they're still able to win without their superstar. And it's just it's it's absolutely unbelievable. You just have to respect the coaching and the the way they built their roster that they can still be a winning team even when they don't have their star guy. Absolutely, and you know that was one of our. That was one of our things that we talked about before when we had T-Mills on when we were talking about worst takes for the season. And I still think it's one of the worst takes when people are like, the Grizzlies are better without Jaw. Because I think, let me put a stat out here. Without context, this is going to support that argument, but I think this speaks rather to how good the Grizzlies have been as a team. Because without John Morant, they have a plus 9.2 net rating. That's unbelievable. That's amazing. With John Morant, they have a plus 0.8 net rating. Still in the positive. Not great, but I think it reflects over the course of the season. You know, they they didn't have the fastest start ever in the beginning of the season. And I think there were definitely some growing pains on the court um, to just start out. But I think taking that context away, taking out that argument of John Morant is a negative impact on the team, which is not what I'm saying at all. I think let's look at that difference and say, look how this team steps up when John Rain is not on the court, when the superstar is not on the court. They are getting insanely good wins against really good teams. They're blowing out bad teams. They're doing everything. And I think just the energy that they bring night in, night out, you look across the league, you see a lot of teams who rely on that all regular season. But I think, you know, that starts to wane, that waxes and wanes depending on different stretches of the season. Uh, I mean, look at the Heat, for example. The Heat right now, you know, their effort seems a little bit off. Their, their vibe seems a little bit off. But the Grizzlies are fully together, fully committed to their style of play. And 
it's obvious that this is going to continue into the postseason. So this, again, this net rating, I'm not saying it's because they're better without Jaw, but man, it's damn impressive how they do it without him on the floor. Yeah, no, it's like they 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 have like a different coach who's just coached this team how to play with without Jam Morant this entire season, so they're just there and ready to do it as soon as he has to go down. But I mean, on the just the, the obvious thing is they're nine, nineteen and two without Ja, thirty five and twenty one with him. Just it, it's kind of it's crazy to think of, but at the same time, you know, coming into the playoffs, there's gonna be situations. I know this is how, isn't how the Grizzlies play, and they're they're all about the whole team contributing. But there's going to be times in playoff games where they just need to look to their guy and say, "Save us, keep us in this game, or or, yeah. or get or get us that bucket." And that's what Jamarant is for this team, and that's why they're going to need him come playoff time. It, it's as simple as that. You want to say that he, they're better without him. It's not true. It's it's unbelievable what they do when he's not in the team, but they still need him for the crunch time in the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think big picture, big picture, it's not true. But and actually, I need to correct myself here, and this is blowing me away. Um, when I pulled up that stat, that was all time. So obvious that that's why. So when I corrected myself right here and filtered it for this season, it's even crazier, dude. The Memphis Grizzlies have a net rating of. 18.2 without John Moran. That like that that's off the charts. That's off the charts. And for, for reference, like championship teams over the course of the season are typically around like at least plus 10, usually plus 12, plus 13 for the season. Um, so they are playing like an unbeatable team when they have stretches without job and they just really step up. But um I think you know the, the Grizzlies aren't the interesting part of the Western Conference race. I mean, I think they've they've established themselves. We know what they're gonna be. Um, same thing with the Suns. We know what they're going to be. And I think we've discussed the Mavs enough to, to know that, you know, they've finally shown themselves as the team that we thought they'd be at the beginning of the season in very similar fashion to the Celtics. You know, they, they finally figured out their system, new coach, all that jazz. It's actually interesting how much they paralleled each other. Um, but I think the more interesting part is when we get to the middle of the pack of the Western Conference, and obviously we'll get to the bottom, but the Jazz, they've really choked a lot of games away um you know I, I won't say that this is I mean it's becoming a pattern really and I think the biggest thing is the players they've lost uh, you know without Boyan it's been really tough without Joe Ingles it's been really tough he's been a really reliable playmaker but how worried are we about them not just for the playoffs but long term, if this is going to be the end result of the season, yeah, extremely. This this could be a thing to this could be a last dance of sorts for this for this Ooh. Utah team. I genuinely think a first round a first round playoff exit, which is looking pretty likely right now. I wouldn't be overly confident about them beating any of the teams that they're likely to face in the first round of the playoffs over seven games. The way that they're currently playing. And there's often been talk of kind of disruption between Mitchell and Gobert and just with the franchise as a whole, what, what way that they're, that they're going. So it's kind of an interesting one. If they go, if they don't, can't put together a good playoff run, it is very likely that this team could be broken up in the summer. Mm. You know, that's, that's the talk. That's the talk. And I think, one of two things will happen. 
And I am not sure, you know, that this really comes down to what the front office relationship is. Danny Ainge apparently has a lot of influence over what's going to happen. Is, is Danny Ainge going to make a move or, or endorse a move of a player or the coach? That's, that's a big question. And you know, I, I guess I don't want to get too far down like the what ifs road of like, what teams are going to do in the offseason because I think it's really interesting in the playoffs. But I guess maybe maybe we'll refocus it in this way. You know, is there hope for them to get deep in the playoffs at all? Uh, Donovan Mitchell playing like he did. Was it, it was the bubble that he w- was going to him and Joe oh, yeah. where he were dueling? Exactly, yeah. That, I'll, that, I'll point that, to that. It. Yeah. That, that, that's probably all I can think of. That, that, that that's what get them a deep playoff run. That that's the that is the only hope. But I, I think the reality, though, based on what we've seen, their passing has cratered w- without Ingles and without without Boyan there to stretch the floor. I think their system has really crumbled without the sum of its parts. When you don't have the spacing on the floor that those guys provided, when you don't have the playmaking that they provided, it's it's fascinating that you know it's such a well-oiled machine. And such a perfect example of the sum of its parts being really, really good. But it, I think it just goes to show that having star talent is more important at times, yeah. even though that's going to take up a huge chunk of your, your, um, your cap, even though you're going to be filling out with minimum guys. Like when you have those star talents, they're going to be able to overcome issues like that. But I think Donovan Mitchell is he there yet? Donovan Mitchell will have to go nuclear yeah. for, the, for this to work. Um, but I think their system is just broken right now without those extraneous guys to help them out. And man, it's, it's funny. If, if, if it's going to be because Joe Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich went down this season, if that's going to be the reason they fizzle out, you know, I think that just, maybe that goes to show that, you know, there wasn't enough insurance there i thought they were really built out well i thought and we yeah. thought i think we both thought that the yeah. sun white side being there seemed to be a repeatable um source of of rim running and interior defense that rudy gobert would bring and i think having rudy gay there seemed to be a really good source of rebounding and floor spacing that you got from boyan but it's I think boyan could be back now though pretty sure I'm pretty sure I have him in in fantasy, and I got got a notification today saying that he was really he was, he was healthy. I mean, I if this this isn't a hot take, but I, I think if Boyan is back, I think that that gives me much more confidence that that alone could help them get deeper in the playoffs. So I think their their three point shooting has just not been there without him there because he's he's easily their most willing three point shooter. He's a deadly three-point shooter. And he's the guy, I think, that provides the most spacing for them. And that's really what creates a ton of problems for defenses when you're trying to defend the rim, trying to defend Donovan Mitchell, and you got Boyan out there. Um, yeah, but well, if Yahoo, if uh, the, the, that app is, uh, is correct. I trust Yahoo, yeah. He's going to be he's gonna be back. He's back against, uh, against, those, uh, against those Lakers tonight. Lakers. Shoot, shoot. <laughs> We we won't let us not transition no, no, there. We'll get there right right this second, but we can, I think we can confirm. I think it, this is a this is a pressure year for the Jazz, and a, it's a pressure year for for Donovan Mitchell to prove that he is a star talent capable of of carrying a team when when they need to be carried. 
Mm -hmm. But Nuggets just hopped them. Nuggets were at sixth beginning of the week. Now they're fifth, hopping over the Jazz. Um, and they're they're still doing it without without MPJ. Still doing it without Murray. Um, they're they're going to be interesting because they've just been slept on all season long. Because you know they they're just counted out because they don't have Murray. They don't have MPJ, and it's just Jokic. Based on the matchup, so if they Right now, if the season ended, it's them and the Jazz. I still think I'd take... No, it's not. I still it's, think them, it's them and the Warriors. Four or five. Oh, right now, yeah, that you're right. It'd be Nuggets and Warriors. But I, I think my point still stands. Between, I was going to say, between them and the Warriors, them and the Jazz, I, I feel still pretty confident that Jokic is able to break both of those teams by himself. It'd and that begs real, the question. It, it'd be a real killer to the both to teams. The warriors dynasty it'd be it'd be the death almost if uh obviously a killer for both but there's the fact that like uh start of the season we were kind of really back up on the the warriors being back and all that and then obviously curry's down at the moment hopefully he'll be back to contribute in the playoffs uh, uh, at some point but seeing the way they they blew that lead last night that was that was that was kind of hard to watch with them against the Suns, and I think if a Denver team, obviously as good as Jokic is, looking likely to be a back-to-back MVP winner, as a competitive team, you should be you shouldn't be you can't accept losing them losing to them the way that they're currently set up because it it really is just Jokic, and then it's a bunch of kind of. Other guys, basically, it's Jokic and the other guys. But if if they, and I think they definitely could, if they win a seven game series against either the Warriors or the Jazz, that'd be that'd be a real killer blow, and that would be definitely spark change in the off season for both those other franchises. Yeah, I mean the Warriors are right now they're one in three against the Nuggets this season. Um, interestingly though, the Jazz are 4-0 against the Nuggets this season, which is is very fascinating because it feels like Jokic has won those matchups for the most part against Gobert individually. But um, we'll see how that translates. But who are, you, who are you taking out of those three teams in this middle middle pack? I, I don't know. I, I, have, I have a sneaky suspicion that the that the Jazz are gonna are gonna surprise in the first round, and they're gonna get back to more of what we saw for for most of this season. I don't know what it is; it's just something in the back of my head that thinks that they're gonna they're gonna be underestimated coming going into the playoffs, and they they might just be able to, to create a su- surprise. Although I think if they end up facing Dallas, I think I think Dallas will be will be strong enough to beat them. Yeah, it, it's the, the way this matches up here in the middle is interesting because right now like you said it's gonna be nuggets versus warriors mavs versus the jazz but that can that can switch up here they can switch up easily the the mavs and the warriors are completely neck and neck in standings and it seems like i mean the the nuggets and jazz could switch up as well um I, i think those two teams are the warriors and jazz they have the most to lose it feels like there's so much pressure on the warriors right now to to win Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the pressure is on the moves that they didn't make in the offseason. 
and it was really vindicated in the first half of the season because they were rolling so well, but it's clear that there's just not enough, like the Jazz, there's not enough insurance on the way that they play that obviously you can't replace Steph, but the alternatives that they have to, to playing outside of what they normally do, when you lose Draymond, they're a mess. You lose Curry, they're a mess. Their on-off numbers are terrible. And in the playoffs, that's going to get really exploited. And I don't think they, they necessarily break things up, but it's just tough to lose another year when you finally got guys healthy. And then for the Jazz, of course, like you mentioned, very easily segueing into <laughs> do you blow this team up kind of conversation. Um, going you know, down. You know, the difference could be between where the Nuggets and Jazz finish. The Jazz only have one game against the Lakers, which is tonight, where the Nuggets got two games against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. that could that could honestly be the difference in, in the season. <laughs> it's going to be a, a desperate Lakers, though. AD coming back, apparently, uh, at the end of this on Friday. Friday, yeah. We'll see how he looks. I mean, I, I hope he looks healthy. Um, you saw how what he looked like when he came back against Embiid uh, in the middle of the season. And he just looked fantastic. When this guy is healthy, like we forget, and we keep forgetting because he's just never on the floor consistently but he's such a good player um which is becoming forgotten about Mm -hmm. so we didn't talk about the timberwolves in the middle here and i thought we would but they've they've slid a little bit they've slid yeah Um, they've not looked great the last uh, the last few games it's been uh last night against the raptors oh man oh that That was was that was tough that was real tough so they they go into toronto and you know they have the advantage in the paint. I mean, you, you think Cat's gonna to gonna step all over them. They don't really have a true center to defend the paint. And you know, you you got in foul trouble. Yeah, exactly. And I and I think the, the turnovers and they he really struggles at times with with good help defense. Mm-hmm. And the, the Raptors just looked excellent. We'll, we'll talk about them hopefully in a little bit here. But do we do I still do you still have faith in them as like being a sneaky playoff team? Just this, it, I'm, I'm really struggling to avoid the recency bias here, but I really do believe in momentum going to the playoffs. I think that's going to be a huge factor for a lot of these teams because it's so close that this momentum going to playoffs has to matter a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, obviously they, 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 they'd probably be happy going if they end up as the seventh seed and they go up against the Grizzlies, it's going to be both sides wouldn't really have much, much playoff experience. And they'll, they'll probably think this is, this is almost our, our best shot at, uh, at, ca- at causing an upset rather than going up against the, uh, up against the Suns or, or even probably uh, the Mavs. I think going up against a team like, like the Grizzlies, as good as the Grizzlies are, you still don't know for sure how they're going to handle themselves when they're expected to win it, it, it can change things for for some teams what i would say would still be a shock if the timberwolves were to get this seven seed and then go on and beat the grizzlies in the first round i think that's it's probably their their, their best shot of getting i think if they if they were to go through after losing that first game uh most likely against the clippers and then they were to beat whoever it's going to be between what the Pelicans, the Lakers and the Spurs. And then they were going to go up against the Suns. I, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't give them too much hope. I think the Suns would, uh, would be licking their lips there and, uh, and uh, easing to a sweep probably. You know, they, the Timberwolves have 
split their four games with the Grizzlies, and they've always been competitive with them. Um, so I, I think that would actually be a pretty good matchup for them if they ended up there. And that's the interesting part for me. That's that's the gateway. Um, but it all depends on how locked in they are on defense. And I think that's that's what we talked about with with Owen when he was on about their staying locked in defensively and how that's waxed and waned throughout games, throughout parts of the season. Sometimes they're like the best defense in the league <laughs> in certain stretches. And other times they're just like last night, they're, they're just allowing the Raptors to get inside the paint whenever they want. They're not defending in the fast break at all. They're not getting into their defensive sets. They're not communicating at times. And the playoffs that, you know, I was hoping that there'd be a change because they've finally shown a lot of signs of a really good team. And I think that's important. I, I think I will say that if they make it in the plan, if they don't make it into the playoffs, that would be, that would be tough, but it's dude, it's possible. I mean, when you got the Lakers desperate and you got desperate LeBron or you got a it's healthy Paul George, like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And dude, I, I don't know, man. Kawhi could come back. They said April. They said April. And last time he came back, there's no new. It was literally like, oh, Kawhi's coming back. And it just <laughs> bombed. We didn't know. But I, I think that even if they don't make it into the playoffs because of that, I'd say this is still a successful season. Yeah. I you mean, know, they, it's, they, they want, they, they'll obviously be, they'll be uh, the first ones to give out about the, the play in tournament. But the fact that this is a winning season, they, they haven't had too many, too many of them. Uh, in uh, in the last few seasons, so they got they got to take the positives where they can get them, and it's very, they're very much still in a good position to to make the playoffs. So they should still have the faith until until they are knocked out of that playing tournament. Yeah, and let's I mean we got to talk about the Clippers, man. I mean Paul George looked really good. They're they're sitting there at eighth. They're probably going to stay there. They're not. It's very doubtful they're going to catch up to seventh, and very doubtful the Pelicans will catch up to them. Um, at nine, they don't have enough games to do, do they? What do they have? Well, they have six games left, don't they? they? They would have to, the Wolves would have to lose, lose all their games game. and, the Clippers win all, <laughs> and the Clippers win all theirs. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if they even with just Paul George, let, let's say this with Paul George, I think they still probably they have the best chance out of, I, I think they make it through. I mean, definitely. I'll, I'll, I'd bet on that. The bigger question, though, is like I said, if Kawhi does come back, whose whose season do they ruin? Because I'm not necessarily going to put money on them beating the Suns, but if it, you have a healthy Kawhi and Paul George, I mean, he looked healthy. He looked on the money. He looked good. Clearly, he got enough rest and enough reps off the court that his shot looks good. Which is, I mean, I think that was the biggest concern because with the shoulder injury. Um, especially one that he's had before, like you're kind of worried, okay, is his shot going to have a hitch? Is he still going to have like lose the muscle memory, but his shot looked on. If they're both back, I mean, of any of these teams, they could definitely be the team to take out the Suns. And I'll, I'd easily take them. I'd, I'm a Grizzlies guy, but them too. And Ty Lue, the way this team has been playing, like watch out. That's That I think is the most unlikely, likely championship favorite if that comes back, if Kawhi comes back. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one, all right. But 
when I think about that situation, like say say Kawhi was announced that he was going to be back for for the first playing game, it's probably likely going to be against the, against the Timberwolves. I just don't think there's enough time there for them to really get back into it and be on a level where you could really believe in them causing that upset. Like I, I always think back to to when you're watching that 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 bit in the last dance when when MJ came back at the end of the '95 season, and he just wasn't quite there because he hadn't been doing it all year. Every other year, he was the best player in the league because he played every damn game and he had the ability to keep going that time it takes that little bit of time it takes those maybe a, a month or two to really get the rhythm back and to really be at the top of your game and the fact that they had series where they were at the top of their game and they couldn't win can they come back now with barely having played with Kawhi? would this be his first minutes on the floor this season can they really come back and be right there and be the the guys they were when they were when they were hundred percent healthy, uh, I I just don't, I just can't see it. I, I don't know. I I I feel like with Kawhi in particular, I mean he's a guy that, I mean he's instantly back, and he's instantly going to make an impact. And I, I think Kawhi, that the weirdo that he is, yeah, he probably will. <laughs> you know, and every time he's been back, he's. I mean, we, we've never talked about him. Be like, oh well, he missed a beat. It's always he always has that that Kevin Durant effect of, you know, he's always polished when he gets back. Mm-hmm. He, he's one of those guys. And I didn't expect it from Paul George, but if they're both going to be like, that, I thought Paul George would be needing some time. He was the guy I was worried about. I've never been worried about Kawhi and his ability to come back and play. And I think mainly because, I mean, his philosophy is always like taking care of his body at hundred percent. You know, he's only going to play if he's all the way ready. And he said that that's why he structured the deal as he did, that he would have the chance to play this year. I mean, he signed with the intention of if I'm healthy, I'm going to play this year. And reports have been saying that in April will come back. And I just think this team has been groomed and built around those two guys. And they've had to play different roles, certainly because of um, the gaping holes of not having Kawhi, not having PG. But they've been, I mean, they've been successful without him. And Ty Lue has kept them. The, the way that Ty Lue, I think, has really shown more and more that he is, I mean, he's really, he's a top five coach. Is top five coach and the, the pieces that they have now around them and how they've been able to really get some run and get going that I mean they have they have all the pieces they need for a championship run it just takes a healthy Kawhi big big big, big if but we just then uh, that's one we we just got to sit on and, and wait and wait and see how it goes I think I'll, I'll lock in my hot take I'll, I'll say that if Kawhi Leonard comes back and he's and I won't even say if he's healthy. He's only going to come back if he's healthy. If Kawhi Leonard comes back, I would I would take them. I would take them to make it out of the West. Wow. I'm not joking. Ooh, I would t- I will I will I will take them to make it out of the West. Okay. Okay. Well, betting against your you bet, betting against your Grizzlies, man. But oh, no, I mean, respect. I mean, them. yeah, I, I, like I will. It. I like the hot I will. Take. Yeah. All right. If they were healthy first. at the start, if they were healthy at the start of the season, I think they're they're our favorite. But they but they weren't, and that was that was the thing. And we we're like, okay, they don't really have enough outside of them. But the sum of their parts, I mean, they, they've they've been a team that the sum of their parts has been able to be a 500 team in a tough West. 
So they, they've proven more than we expected. I think, I, I mean, where did we have them at the end of the season? I, you have to pull the receipts here, but I think I had the Clippers probably like 10th, 9th. Well, no, George, George was still there at the start of the season, so I'm sure we had them in the playing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I had them as high as 7th and as low as 10th. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, Vanna, to be to be fair, it was it was right for 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 large periods. I don't think anyone expected them doing what they were able to do. Uh, obviously there were they 39 I still it doesn't look overly impressive. But you think what they've been without all year. That's that's when you really that's what you really have to take notice of. The way they've gone about doing it is what's really impressive. How yeah. they've done it without. Kawhi and without Paul George for, for, for large periods as well. Yeah. I think they, if, if they go against, against the Grizzlies, I'll say this specifically, the Grizzlies have had t- a tough time with teams that know how to slow down the game. Mm. And Kawhi Leonard, in the same way that Chris Paul controls the pace of the game, Kawhi Leonard absolutely controls the game. You know, he's going to take his time, get to his spots and be efficient, and the Grizzlies are going to have a tough time getting in the break. And I think you'd say that, you know, that that would be an awesome matchup later on, too, if they met Doncic again. I, I think this is this is all gearing up. This is all gearing up for a tremendous run if Kawhi comes back. Um, and that's the that's the the real Los Angeles team right now, man. So let's let's yeah. let's talk about it. I I didn't want to start off with the Lakers because I'm sick of it, but it's just tremendous to look back and see that we are actually we're actually at this point man, we're actually at the point where they are one game away they're a Keldon Johnson missed layup away from being out of the play in my gosh they got thrashed by the Mavs as expected as LeBron is out maybe AD comes back tomorrow but sheesh I, I don't do, do you think they fall out I mean look, their next slate of games they're playing the Cavs or, I mean, sorry, they already played the Cavs. They're playing the Jazz, the rather. Jazz. Then the Pelicans, again. Um, that, that's an important game right there. The Nuggets, that's an L. The Suns, that's an L. The Warriors, I mean, probably an L. Thunder, okay, that's a win. Nuggets, I'd, I'd say that's an L. I mean, realistically speaking, they probably win two of those games maybe three if they beat the jazz i don't i maybe the nuggets i i don't see them be beating Jokic. they just i mean they got the, they got the jazz tonight and they the jazz are desperate the jazz need a win they're gonna be they do and and they don't have lebron or ad for that they got they got them for for tomorrow against uh against the the pelicans hopefully i think they're saying ad and baron setback is gonna play and that LeBron's going to try the ankle and knowing that AD is coming back. So that's, that's the way they're, they're, they're looking at it right now. And I think the only slight hope that they might have is that if AD is back and he's healthy, he gives them some sort of, of defensive anchor. It's still not anywhere near enough to what they need, but it might just be enough to keep them, to keep them uh, afloat and keep them in, in the playing tournament. And the Spurs, on the other hand, they get the Blazers twice. <laughs> a team that is trying to lose, <laughs> trying to lose. I mean, they, they have Chris Dunn out there, for God's sake. Is he still playing minutes for them? I don't even know. I haven't paid 
Man, the last the last Blazers. couple of games, you're looking at like the the Thunder's lineup and the Portland's lineup, and you're literally like, who the hell are these guys that are going <laughs> here? Like OKC, okay, I literally, I'm like, I've literally heard like one player that's on that's in your starting five uh, over the last couple. Hey, of put games. put some respect on uh, on on Trey Man's name on on uh, on Wiggins. Is it on Aaron Wiggins' name? Aaron Wiggins, yeah, whoever that whoever that guy is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the Blazers, that's two basically guaranteed wins. Two guaranteed wins: the Nuggets, the Wolves, the Warriors, and the Mavs. So, I don't know. It's 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 tough between the both of them, but it's it's going to come down to one game. It's going to come down to a singular play. That's why that that missed layup last night was so heartbreaking because. Man, that one win, that one win could be that one layup could be the difference between them making the play in and the Lakers making it. But I mean, my, my question for them though is like, why aren't they tanking? I mean, I get it. It's pop, it's not their culture. Yes, those are the answers. But you know, if you if you are head of the Spurs organization, are you not like, like, hey, pop, thank you. You did great. You beat the record. Now stop winning games now. What like the, the point of them making it in right now is 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 crazy to me. There, there's no point. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one. I guess it just shows the the respect that Pop has for the game and the respect that the organization has for Pop, I guess. I guess that's probably the way the way that you look at it, that they wouldn't they wouldn't kind of look to him to to be a guy that's going to be a coach of a tanking team i think it's it's probably not going to be the right thing when we look back at this maybe a year or two down the line but i, I like i like it you never like to say that a team oh you guys should be tanking when they're actually that close they're not they're not they're literally could be one game away or two sorry two games away from from the playoffs but I like the way they're doing it, but I think yeah, when when we look back on this in probably a year or two, especially if they get in, we'll be like, what the hell were they thinking? <laughs> the the chances right now, if they just stopped winning, I, I doubt they're gonna catch up to Sacramento. So if they just stop winning now, they have a 26% chance to land in the top four. And I'm pretty sure at eight, what are they guaranteed? I think they're guaranteed, they're guaranteed a top a top 10. They wouldn't fall out of the top 10, unless I'm mistaken. But they, so that 26% chance falls to 20% if they overtake the Lakers and falls then to probably they'd be in the 12% range. And it's just, it's a percentage game. You give, give Pop a guy who can really galvanize his franchise. Because I think you got DeJounte Murray and he's really developed – I mean, he's going to be a, at a minimum, I think, a fringe all-star guy, at a minimum. Get, you know, Jabari, some, get Jabari Smith in with him, and then, then, well, then we'll see what's cooking. Seriously, there. just Matt, look at what Pop has done, this Spurs, Spurs organization has done with elite big talent. And this draft is just stock full of very good forwards. You know, you're really going to be cooking with gas if you figure out a way to take a little bit and get one of these really talented young forwards in there but it's also such a sweet feeling if they just kick out the lakers man and i think the if the spurs fan base seems very split on this whether or not it's worth it 
or just the sweet feeling of making sure the Lakers miss the playoffs. They can, it's enjoy, a, it. it's a tough they, they can enjoy that. No, no, no doubt about it. I think, I, I don't know. Uh, if LeBron and AD are back, I think they'll still, still have enough, but it's sad that I'm having to talk about them being having enough to finish 10th in the Western conference. What about the finally? I think we don't we don't really need to talk about Portland Thunder Rockets. They, those are they're they're looking to next season. They're I mean, we'll we'll, we'll talk about them when it comes to the uh, yeah to, to the, the draft, draft to draft talk with the Kings. That'll be the interesting part. They're 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 way off it. The, them and the Portland are kind of in a battle to be uh, the third worst team in the West. But remember, we were talking about um, the draft deadline about how they were making moves to really make a push at this plan. Hasn't really worked out like that in in in, in a typical Kings fashion. Yeah. And I mean, maybe the injuries are real. Maybe they're a realization of, hey, we should stock up on more talent. And I hope it's it's probably the latter. And I, and I hope that, as we've talked about over and over again, that they just give the King's ownership just gives the reins to the GM and just allow them to make smart moves here. Because like you said, it, it felt like a it felt like a very quick trigger trade just to get better this year. But I still think there's a future there. There's, there's still a future there, especially if they get another another good forward here in this mix. But that's neither here nor there. We were talking about playoff seating, and they just aren't anywhere near that, even though that was their uh, their season promise. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Coast to Coast. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA Podcast to hear your takes discussed right here on the show. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.